0: And thank you for listening to this week's podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbonnet, Illinois. This is the sermon for September 15, 2019, the 14th Sunday after Pentecost. The sermon is entitled Rejoice with Me and is based on Luke, chapter 15, verse 6. It was preached by Pastor Carl Copeland. Peace. And mercy and peace be yours this day in the name of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. The text for the message today comes from our Gospel reading from Luke chapter 15. Let us pray. O God, so many are lost and have walked away from you. Search them out and find them and bring them home into your presence so that we may rejoice. And may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of our hearts, be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our Maker and our Redeemer. Amen. It was a little over a year ago, CBS ran a story about a woman in Wisconsin, a woman by the name of Hillary Harris, and she was, she was raised in a very loving, adoptive family as a newborn, but she'd always been curious about her biological family. And that curiosity turned into necessity when, when she and her husband were expecting their first child. She put in that request to unseal those adoption records in order to ascertain her family's medical history, and she said this: She said those records had all my health history. It had a letter from my birth mother. It also disclosed that my father, my birth father Wayne, had passed away in two thousand and ten, and then it had that I had two half sisters, Renee and Dawn, uh, Dawn Johnson from Greenwood. And the following year, her Harris and her husband Lance said. Noticed that they had some new neighbors moving in, and Lance went, Lance went over to meet them. And he comes back in and he says, Yeah, I met the new neighborhood. Her name is John Johnson. And he said, From Greenwood? And he said, Yeah. And she pulled out the adoption paperwork to remind him that Don from Greenwood was her sister. CBS continued the story by saying that though they had lived apart for 19 years, these two sisters began busily catching up on lost time, ecstatic to to make such an unlikely connection. And Hillary Harris said, that moment when I first embraced her in the driveway, I mean, it was amazing. It was a miracle. In the parable of the lost sheep, Jesus tells us, the shepherd says, Rejoice with me, because I have found my lost sheep. Today we have two of Jesus' parables in the Gospel reading, but I'm just really going to focus on that first one about the shepherd going on to searching for that one lost sheep. I'm sure that over the years you've probably heard a lot of sermons from this 15th chapter of of Luke's Gospel. I know as I was looking back, I've preached a lot of sermons uh, uh, on one part or all All three of the parables in this this chapter from Jesus. In the reading today, we have here the first part of chapter 15, including the parables of the lost sheep and the lost coin. And then right after that, then we have the parable of the lost son, the prodigal son. But in our reading, one sentence stands out because it's repeated every single time. More or less saying, Rejoice with me. Let's celebrate. Let's have a party because what was lost has now been found. Rejoice. That call is a made to. to is, call is made to celebrate. It's a celebration of the lost being found. The, the celebration of the success of the shepherd returning the lost to safety. So, in the words of Sesame Street, this parable and sermon today is brought to you by the letter R. <laughs> Rejoice. Rejoice starts with the letter R, but you know, there aren't any other words in the parable that begin with the letter R. But I think a lot of them are implied. So let's look at this reading today from Luke. Now you need to know that a flock of about 100 sheep, would have been quite a large number of sheep for one shepherd in those times. Most shepherds cared for 20 to 30 sheep, and if one went missing, well, that was a pretty big deal. But with a flock of 100 It'd be easy to reason, why bother? Yeah, it's one stupid sheep that doesn't have the sense to stick with the shepherd. The shepherd always leads the flock to green grass, to, to quiet running water, protecting them from danger with his rod and staff, uh, giving them shelter at night, uh, setting up a camp at the entrance so that no wild animal can get in. And, and new sheep were born as new sheep were being born. The stubborn sheep just wouldn't be missed. But the shepherd's reaction is so unexpected. And so we note the words that start with R. There's really no reckoning, is there? I mean, the shepherd didn't say, really? You know, it's, it's, it's not worth my time to go after one lost sheep. I'm going to bring her back today, and tomorrow she'll end up doing the same thing. There, there's, no, there's no ranting or rebuking. You know, this sheep aggravates me. It's I lost again. They've done it again, they didn't it before, they're going to do it again. There's, there's, no, there's no rejection. You know, I've got them all safely here except that one. Well, they can stay lost. In fact, this rugged and tough shepherd who has to deal with the difficult and unresponsive sheep all day long reacts in a completely different way. It leads us to the first positive word starting with R that describes a shepherd. This shepherd is responsive, isn't he? Because when he sees that there is one missing, one hurting, one in pain, he doesn't ignore those whom he loves. He's understanding, he's compassionate, he's sympathetic. He knows what it's like to be alone and scared, and so he responds without hesitation. And just like the shepherd in the parable, our Lord God is our shepherd, and we lack nothing because he's the the other R here. He's relational. He is in that bond with us, isn't he? not because, not only because He's created us, but because He's our Father. And especially because He's established that covenant relationship and promises with us and his promised, uh, promised with us through the blood of His Son, Jesus. Not only that, He's filled our lives with His Holy Spirit. Dare I say He has rooted us in the life, death, and resurrection of His Son for our benefit this relationship became ours personally through the waters of holy baptism every week every time we gather at the lord's table that special relationship with our shepherd god all those great our words is refreshed it's renewed it's it's reinforced to give us strength for the challenges that we're facing he knows when we're scared out of our wits he knows when when we're afraid of the future he knows when events in the present don't make sense he knows when We're anxious and everything's getting us down. There's nothing that can tear us away from the love of God in Christ Jesus. And we have that shepherd who loves us dearly when we're lost and floundering in a sea of trouble. He's there. He's there with those outstretched arms to hold us and embrace us and walk with us to safety even through the dark valley of the shadow of death. Some more words starting with R. It's clear from the parable the shepherd is restless, isn't he? And he's not sitting back, he's not doing nothing. He's restless because he's concerned, he's anxious. Like a parent waiting for a teenage child to come home from a night out, right? He can't settle down until he's embracing that lost sheep again. That lost sheep is special and precious. Every sheep in his, in his flock are his sheep, and he will not let one of them fall by the wayside. So he sets out to rescue his sheep. He's reckless in this rescue mission. And by that I mean that he's prepared to go to any length. There's nothing that's too hard to make sure that sheep is returned safely. He's ready to risk it. To risk his own life. To restore his sheep into the safety of his own arms. And the rest of the flock. Even risking the other 99 in the open meadow to to go and rescue that one. He's resolute. He's relentless. He's stubborn, unyielding, and passionate and focused, having that one goal, save the sheep. How relieved he must have felt when he was finally reunited with with that scared sheep. Putting them on his shoulders and restoring them to the safety of the rest of the flock. Now you've probably heard enough sermons to know that a parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. So the parable of the law of sheep is really a parable about our rescuing shepherd, Jesus. Every word that I've said, starting with R, can be said about Jesus, right? That he is responsive to our needs, understands us perfectly, even when we don't even understand ourselves. He's relational. Our brother, our savior, our friend, our God loves us with a, with a love that goes beyond our human understanding even when we feel the least worthy of His love and unaware of His love. His love holds on to us as His own children. He won't give up on us. He risked everything, uh, even giving up His own life to save the lost sheep of humanity, enduring the worst because of His love for us. His love was ruthless to the point of facing the anger of His countrymen and even facing the death on a cross. He's restless because he sees the need for so many people to be rescued. You see, all these are words that led Jesus to tell, uh, tell the parable of the lost sheep in the first place. Because, and we read at the very beginning of the gospel reading, that the whole of the Pharisees, the teachers of the law, loudly criticized Jesus and questioned why he associated and even ate with the scum of society, right? The, 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 the worthless people of the community, the tax collectors, every notorious sinner in, sinner in town. And as someone reminded me, going with the R theme, the riffraff uh, last night, <laughs> these people aren't worth the time, Jesus. I mean, if he's truly God, he should be hanging out with the people that are worthy of his attention, not those sinners. Jesus tells the parable to remind you and me that God throughout the Bible is the rescuer of the lost. From the first chapters in the Bible in Genesis, God is the rescuer, right, of Adam and Eve, the ones that are lost. When the people of Israel lose their way, they bow down to a golden calf, the, the forefathers of those criticizing Jesus. God does not give up on Israel. Even though they rejected Him, even though they were worshiping an idol, neither did He give up on the people in Jesus' time. Even though they rejected Jesus, he was still determined to relentlessly complete that rescue plan of of reconciling his people, reuniting them with their creator. But then Jesus urges you and me to have these same traits, right? This restlessness. To, To... to be rescuers, reconcilers, to be responsive to the needs of our community and our world, whether it's speaking the word of comfort to a person feeling the weight of trouble and pain, or meeting the physical needs of people in our church and a community like we did yesterday with the single mom Saturday. And it's not a time to sit back. It's a time to restlessly be doing the work that Jesus has given us to do as His disciples. As disciples, we are... Uh, that resolute and relentless as we step out, sometimes out of our comfort zone, to be the hands and feet of Jesus to the lost. You know, when someone's lost in the wilderness, somewhere there's this urgency to the task of finding them. Because if you delay the rescue, you could have disaster disaster results, right? Every person matters. And in the same way, everyone loved by God needs rescuing, regardless of what we think of the person. Even when we, the people in this church, can so easily become lost, can't we? We can get sidetracked like wayward sheep. We, we, we lose our focus. We consider uh, less important things as more important than God. We consider our needs are, are more important than anyone else's. We need to be reminded again and again that we're rooted in Christ. That we grow together in Christ as we turn to Him and His Word. The truth is, we need rescuing. We need restoring. And so what do we do? We come here, don't we? We come here to hear God's Word. We gather when we have communion. We gather around His table receiving His body and blood. We are reunited once again in love and forgiveness with our Savior. And with one another. That part of growing together that we have. Needless to say, this text also provides us as a challenge as members of the church that have experienced this grace of God, namely, we're to be equally gracious toward others. True, we may falter. We may make excuses. We may may find it hard going. We may let other things come between us and our commitment to Jesus and service to others. But the readings today tell us that no matter how far we stray, God still loves us and all of heaven rejoices when we're found and brought back through repentance. And so that brings me back to the first R I mentioned, rejoice. All those R words that I've been talking about sum up this marvelous grace of God. His love for us burns so brightly and strongly. It's it's a love that influences and affects our lives as we seek out His lost sheep. Or the lost church member, maybe it's the lost child or the lost teenager or the lost uh, homeless or hungry person. Uh, the great thing is that when one of these lost ones are safe in his love, heaven goes crazy. Finding and restoring the lost gives God great joy. He has redeemed and he's restored you and me and he invites us to share that same joy and rejoice when the lost are found. So let's rejoice. Let's rejoice in our Redeemer because He has reconciled us. He has rescued us and claimed us as His own. And because of that grace, let's pray that Jesus can be relentless in searching for those lost ones. Let's also rejoice with our Father when those lost ones are brought home. Amen. Please stand. And now may the peace of God that transcends all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbonnais, Illinois. You can find this and other podcasts by going to stpaulslutheran.net and clicking the sermons button at the top of the page. Thank you for listening and God's blessings.